real quick, I don't know what happened, but um, I sound like I'm in a tin can for the intros. The rest of the episode is perfectly fine, so um, I love you. Thank you to Drew, Kate, Becca, Donna, Lindsay, Kirsten, Brian, Taya, Alex, Janelle, Morgie, and Unwoman for being patrons. Yay! Thank you! Is It Transphobic will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Quick note ahead of the episode, first off, some good stuff. If you aren't sick of my voice yet, check out Jukebox Zeros, a music podcast where hosts Patrick and friend of the show Lils invited me to talk about new metal bands that really existed in a recent episode. Uh, You can also hear me do a little bit of what I do on this podcast, chat about moments of questionable trans representation in media on The Gayest Episode Ever, a podcast all about that special episode of a sitcom. We all know the one where a character is introduced to a gay character. In my case, I jumped in on an episode of the 80s sitcom It's a Living. Uh, This was a delight to be on, and I've become a big fan of the podcast as well, so definitely check that out. Uh, And finally, if you're not already, you should subscribe to Girl Tales Podcast. Uh, If you have young ones who probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast here, we use a lot of adult language after all, a piece that I wrote... Rosie and the Dreamweaver is going to be premiering on Girl Tales November 9th. That is for all ages. Uh, It features a young trans protagonist as well as a prominent non-binary character. But even outside of representation, it's based on my love for Neil Gaiman and creepy 80s kids movies. So I'm so excited for them to release that and for everyone to be able to hear it. And on a more housekeeping note about this episode, I think I credit the discovery that there was a trans character in Ridley Scott's Alien as being within the last few months, but looking over my notes, it's actually about two-ish years ago. Also, there's some specific wording in regards to the character Joan Lambert and her journey that changes some context upon reflection and further examination. I will put an insert into the episode when this wording comes up and have reached out to both Sammy and Rachel to see if they would like to react uh, and will update when they are able slash if they are interested. Uh, However, I still stand behind our analysis and the reading of the piece from a trans lens. The wording does complicate things a bit, however. Uh, Well, I've taken up too much of your time. Here's our discussion. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns, and I am the creator and host of These Are Transphobic Podcast, and today I'm being joined by... Hi, I'm Sammy James. I'm a stand-up comedian, uh, writer, actor, person who works in a non-profit, tired person. <laughs> Should I say more? Oh, I, I use she, her... And they, them pronouns. That's the most important thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm Rachel Weekly. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I'm a performer, clown. I've been writing recently as well. Good times. Yeah. So first off, I have to I have to state, what is this, a crossover episode? Sammy, you're on my <laughs> podcast now. I know. This is weird. <laughs> uh, so Sammy, for those that don't know, has three podcasts. Two of the three podcasts... I have been the first guest on, and I'm very, I'm very excited and happy. And honestly, I can't wait for you to create another podcast so that I can be the first guest on that. Uh, Don't do that to me. <laughs> no, you say that to me. My brain, my brain is like, oh, what can we do? What's <laughs> the curse of creativity? <laughs> I was gonna say before, boohaha, which FYI greatest name for a podcast legitimately very mad i did not call something boo ha ha where sammy interviews comedian friends about horror movies uh yeah it's it's one of those things where it's just like man i wish i had thought of that that is genius (laughs) today we're talking about one of my favorite horror movies we're talking about ridley scott's alien uh now for those listening, you might be saying, there, there's a lot. This is a theme of this season, I guess, is why are you talking about this piece of media? Uh, and there was a specific reason. Now, A, there is a, a theory out there that I really would love to talk about later that trans and non-binary folk have a tendency to enjoy body horror. Uh, but <laughs> A, like that's, no, I'm seeing lots of no's. Like you can't be this <laughs> podcast. But there's everybody shaking their head no. Uh, but uh, there was a there was something I read a while ago about that. So I, I will talk way more about that with you later. But specifically, the character of Lambert, I can't think of her first name offhand, and it's not immediately in my notes, but Lambert, she is the only other female on the Nostromo, uh, aside from Ellen Ripley, who we all know. It was revealed recently in some uh, bonus features for from the Alien Anthology Blu-ray box set that Lambert was actually assigned male at birth. And so I'm curious, this movie has existed since the 70s. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things like, oh, does that create a completely different interpretation of this character and of the reading of this film to know that the character is trans? So I'm going to start by asking first, had you seen Alien prior to me assigning this to you? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah in fact, I, I'd like to thank you for giving me an excuse to rewatch the Alien and Aliens DVDs that I've had just in my home for a while. I haven't done anything with them in a long time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have these. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, good, I don't have to subscribe to something. I've already given them money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, uh, not not to, like, one-up your alien fa- fandom, but, like, uh, it's Joan, Joan Lambert. Oh, yes, Joan Lambert. Yes, thank you. Thank you for her. <laughs> wow, you know, you come on my podcast. <laughs> I invite you here. I invite you into my home. <laughs> <laughs> So Joan Lambert, uh, it was revealed, was trans. And this is a fairly new revelation. Uh, This is a thing that we didn't necessarily know uh, until I I think it was like this year, earlier this year is when people were really talking about this. This movie, (laughs) holy crap, I love this movie so much. 
and I forgot how much I really loved it. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, like the 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 way that they use lighting, because I, I knew about the sound. I forgot really until I started rewatching it that they basically keep the sounds fairly to a minimum. Mm -hmm. But the lighting is also just really dynamic and interesting and just like, oh yeah, this this sets a mood. Yeah. I, it was really interesting to me how they'd sort of bounce between like the sparseness and the um like overstuffedness of the ship like whenever they're moving through the ship it is like it is cramped it's confining it's almost suffocating and then you'll get into these rooms that are just like vast or you'll get outside and it's vast that was one of the striking things to me watching it for a second time yeah 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 i definitely noticed the lighting uh, in, in my rewatcher, I was just like, wow, it's same. I was like, wow, that's. <laughs> so this is how we know we're queer is we're, we're going in with a queer interpretation of the film saying like, all right, this film, we got to look at, we got to look at it from the trans lens. And it's just like the lighting. I also forgot how much they showed off the cat and Jones. Jones is the name of the cat, by the way. Jones. <laughs> Uh, I forgot just how much they showed off Jones because it was just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, so much of the the jump scares, so much of the horror is like, because a lot of horror is built up around the idea of like, you're scared about a thing because the, they build the atmosphere so well and then it turns out that it's not the thing that you're actually supposed to be scared of. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's great because it still builds that tension, it keeps that tension there, but it's a little bit of a laugh for yourself. So you're like, ah, that was dumb. All right, that was just a cat. cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Alien might have been a, ahead of its time in, in that regard because now it's like now the freaking it being the cat is so overused or like <laughs> in jump scares in horror movies but like that I, I it was ahead of its time everyone's stolen from alien <laughs> there's a uh there's a cowboy bebop episode that steals from alien it's really interesting we watched it like almost immediately after we we're like oh <laughs> Well, it's, it's so funny because I remember, uh, like, and we we talked about uh, me and Jace, we talked about community in an earlier episode that we recorded. And I'm remembering that there's a community joke where in one of the Halloween episodes, they're in the basement and a cat shows up and they're like, ah. And then like almost immediately after they start building the tension again, that a cat shows up and they're like, will somebody just get the cat? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so Lambert. Immediately, we're introduced to all of the characters. Well, not immediately. Once we are introduced to all the characters, they're all waking up from hypersleep. They're all a little groggy. They're all a little tired. Uh, we learn that they are very much uh, employees of a company, Wayland Utani, and they're just like I love it. I love that they're just workers. Yeah. Like. Like that really just like, I forgot, I forget a lot about this movie, even though I know I love it. And I forgot just how good it was that they're all just regular workers who are just trying to do their job and literally are told by the company, like, hey, if you don't seek out, like if you hear a mayday, if you hear signs of life and you don't seek it out, you forfeit your entire earning. Yeah, it's 
Oh, it's just, oh, like that is such a fuck capitalism. Like that's the other thing I came through with this is the lighting is amazing and fuck capitalism. <laughs> the whole the whole mother supercomputer was like getting to me this time. Like how often they had to like check in with it and ask yeah. ask it things, and like I was like, oh, this is like the worst version of like middle management. <laughs> And just no, I, I was just gonna say I I went into this like I don't know ten watching of of Alien I don't know how many times I've seen it um with the new knowledge that Lambert was trans so I spent so much just like like looking for like I'm just like what is mm-hmm. <laughs> like what what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> I had to like the dialogue. Because it's very like naturalistic and overlapping. I was like, wait, what was that section? What did yeah. they say? What? Which is this? Mm-hmm. I'm hyper aware of uh, all of that. Yeah, I turned on uh, I turned on captions because I was just like, and I like I tend to like watching things with captions just because it's just like it's easier to see that. Uh, but at the same time, it was just like, yeah, it was interesting seeing like little things pop up. Uh, I will say, I need to share with you. Hey everyone, here's that moment and that insert I was talking about. We overlooked the term at birth in our analysis. This verbiage begs so many more questions, including why they would do this to a baby, and much like our analysis of the Orville's About a Girl episode could parallel with the very real issues faced within the intersex community about invasive surgeries on newborns rather than the trans community specifically. However, this further revelation might be better addressed in a follow-up episode. If we assume the statement is true that in the sci-fi world of the alien universe that Lambert was assigned male at birth and was then given a quote-unquote gender reassignment, there is still a trans narrative we can follow in a similar vein to our upcoming Hedwig and the Angry Inch episode, but it does take on a different tone if we're talking about a procedure at birth. There's much discussion to be had about raising healthy, queer, and trans children and allowing diverse gender expressions at young ages, and allowing children to understand themselves. However, because I looked up on, I believe it was Xenopedia, the fandom uh, for Joan Lambert, and the description is just like, fair warning, like it's almost charmingly transphobic. Lambert was born on November 7th, 2093 in Ontario, Canada. Initially born male, she underwent desperate convert sexual realignment at birth for undisclosed reasons. <laughs> the, the reasons is she's trans. <laughs> realignment. Like, like that I thought was interesting. The, like, the way that they like con- con- desperate convert sexual realignment. It, like A, like, okay, that's a lot of all right, like, I've heard worse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, like, it killed me with for undisclosed reasons. And it's just like, it's literally like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, like what what disclosed reasons other than literally just be like, hey, I'm trans. Uh, healthcare? <laughs> Please? <laughs> <It's> like... Oh. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, the other thing that was interesting, and this was, uh, I found this from a really bad hot take. Uh, I found, like, there was, like, there are some horrible, there are some just, like, 
garbage hot takes out there <laughs> after this was revealed. And one of the things that I found in that, though, like, and this is an actual uh, thing that was said just in the like on this dossier, uh, it was despite conversion at birth from male to female, so far there are no signs of suppressed trauma from gender reassignment. <sighs> Oh, I saw that too, and I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> "What is that?" Like, huh? Suppressed trauma. And so much of these, again, hot takes that have been taken on Lambert being trans are very much the like, "Oh, this is like because they they told us this in the in the thing." That means that we're looking for all of this like trauma from the from the the gender re, whatever they call it the realignment uh <laughs> to show itself and because of that everything every decision that lambert makes gets held up to this scrutiny of like it's because trans or like it's because trauma of trans and so much of it honestly just feels like i i hate to say it it's because she's the woman but she's not ripley yeah 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 that felt yeah. even watching it the first time before knowing she was trans like it felt very much like it was just like oh and here's the other one that you don't have to relate to or you don't <laughs> want to relate to you know even though she kills the fucking android she does <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh it's killing ripley with a magazine <laughs> okay okay we need to talk about that we do. i was gonna wait i was gonna wait but you brought it up baby. you did this to my podcast the android tries to kill ripley by shoving a magazine like rolling up a magazine and shoving it down her throat which a brutal but not really <laughs> like, she can breathe through her nose like I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> like, it, it's definitely, it definitely cannot be a pleasant experience. At the same time, like, you are an android with superhuman strength, which we as the audience are only finding out right this second. But you are, you know this as an android. Why aren't you grabbing a pipe off a wall? Why aren't you, like, lifting up over your head? It's just like, what? <laughs> like, what is here? Well, Magazine! <laughs> I will say they yeah. don't establish ash as like a an android that is able to like think for himself mm. so i wonder if that's somewhat like a part of that like it's a it's like a beta a beta android and it's like i don't know suffocation here is thing uh like that's that's the only thing i can think of otherwise no Play a scary knife game. That's a reference to aliens. <laughs> yes, it is. <sighs> like, I, I just like part of me because I didn't actually get a chance to take a look at what the magazine was, but I want it to be something that's like hilarious so that, like, oh no, like I'm killing, like, I hope it's like kindness magazine so that you can't cat, cat, cat fancy. Cat fancy. Cat <laughs> fancy. Listen, there's a cat on the ship. This tracks. Yes. Oh, but yeah, this this whole thing of like that, like again, it cannot be pleasant. I'm sure it could do something. At the same time, from a viewer's perspective, this is not as like 
it was weird and horrifying because of the way it was directed, not because of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so uh, uh, Lambert, Joan Lambert, is one of the people who goes out to uh, investigate this space that they land on that uh, turns out to be what we later find out from Prometheus to be the engineer's hull or something. And <laughs> But now, with only the vision of Alien existing, we just see this really intriguing very well-crafted H.R. Geiger-inspired landscape of spines and horrible things just growing out of the ground. And Lambert is one of the people on ground team. So she's out there. She's investigating the eggs, uh, which, uh, which let's talk about the eggs because Rachel, you and I were talking about this. <laughs> like, so my, I decided while we were watching this, because it's a personal pet peeve of mine with like a bunch of sci-fi don't touch things in space. <laughs> Just don't do it. Like humans on the planet they live on can't touch certain fruits without like dying. Why would you just be like, hmm, here is this egg that I've never seen before. Let me put my face in it. <laughs> like that's just, that's just not good survival skills. <laughs> this is how you're going to die. And then it starts moving, and he's like, I'm going to come closer. This is what we should do. <laughs> he's not hes not the brightest crayon. I'm going to lick it for science. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I was um, tracking this time um, is, like, who gets listened to? Mm. Like, who's, whose fears and concerns get listened to? And Lambert from like the get go is done with this place mm -hmm. and never, yeah, like it never gets acknowledged. Not really. Like she gets told to stop whining at one point, mm -hmm. but it's never like it never actually gets mm -hmm. acknowledged or taken seriously. And she even later calls how they're going to get away from this thing. Like right after the Android death, she's like, we're going to let's blow up the ship. Let's get out of here. And she still gets told no. Mm -hmm. It was really... First time she's a trans woman. Fun <laughs> 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 and um, so much of that. Like, So the other thing that we need to keep in mind, the original, like when the script was picked up, all the characters were written as gender neutral, which in 1970s terms means they were probably men. Um... <laughs> so it was only once they cast it that they actually started to like and you know like i don't know what changed from initial scripting to casting to shooting like i'm i'm not certain about that but it is interesting that they had lambert fill this role of the like oh and ripley sigourney weaver which i stand sigourney ripley is sort of this like I don't want to use a word like, I don't want to use a term like a girl who can hang, but very much like became that style of character that like, I'm just like one of the guys, but because Sigourney Weaver is an amazing actor, it never felt like she was betraying who she was as a woman either. It's just, she's there. She's in charge. She's there from Wayland yutani She's going to figure things out and people aren't necessarily going to listen to her either. But at the same time, like, she knows when to take charge and she knows how to get things going. She's very practical. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they listened to Ripley, there wouldn't be a movie. <laughs> it's like you know, I can't let you on the ship. Quarantine. <laughs> no, I can't let you on the ship. Credits. <laughs> Hang out there for a little while. We'll see how things go. <laughs> they all die, and then the rest of the crew goes back to Earth. Yep. They're like, oh, this this thing happened. Oh. And <laughs> so especially with that, this is another one of those cases where people blame uh, Lambert's transness on, like, her over-the-top reaction is the term I'm going to use, but, like, very much the, like, because she is the one that's, like, you gotta let us on. Something's on his face. It's like, yeah, that's why I can't let you on because quarantine. And she's like, he will die. It, yeah, you know, these are very real, like, these are very realistic things that people are saying. And if they had given that to another person, if they had given that to one of the other uh, male actors, I wonder how that would have played. But, like, he's being responsible. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Dallas does it a lot, too. Mm. And it's like, it's interesting how much Dallas doesn't get read as, like, hysterical, mm. even though he jumps to these, like, ridiculous, ridiculous conclusions where, like, it's suddenly his self-sacrifice or his suddenly, no, we have to come in. It's not outwardly emotional hysterical, but it is a sort of logical hysterical that he also has. Yeah. Like, and, and even then with, uh, if you look at Dallas versus Ripley, like Dallas the entire time is very like bravado male action star style. Whereas Ripley, even though is embodying a lot of the action star and which is why we, we love her and why when we move on to Aliens, we see that she like completely embodies that action star aesthetic. In this one, the fear is still there. The fear is still current and oh boy, it's, it just fuels that character even more because that fear is palpable, but she's still making things happen and getting it done. And I think that's why in, in your notes, Ashley, you, you asked about like, why, why is like Ripley the character that we relate to or that we think we should relate to? And I think it's that like, we all hope that we would be like the practical one able to solve a solution in a crisis because it's, too scary to consider that we could be the opposite, you know, that we would just be emotionally responding rather than, <laughs> rather than taking charge and taking names. Yeah, I don't factor into this, into that conversation because I have already shoved my face in an alien egg. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hold on. There's like a, a lot of my like notes are literally just like I've got one that's like double mouth jab, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which especially like because we're looking at the H.R. Geiger designs, they're supposed to meant they're meant to be very phallic. It's meant to be very like the this whole like fear of insertion into male characters, for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. All I wrote, what what the hell? I wrote the robot angle is great because in addition to and that's all I wrote. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think you meant it was an addition to the, like, the company thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was more, like, in addition to, like, all of the, like, we're worried about this alien. There's also a cat that's jumping out at us. We didn't even factor in that there could be an android on board. And also, the android is very, like, 
following like you can tell the android is very much following the rules to a t which makes sense because he's an android yeah uh the other the other big thing that i want to talk about with regards to lambert is so i'm gonna throw up a uh content warning right now uh i will probably do one before the episode as well but just to throw that out there uh there's a lot of talk outside of what we're seeing in alien about sexual assault and attacks on especially because now we know lambert is trans trans bodies um so i just want to say that right now before we actually start talking about lambert's death uh lambert is out getting oxygen because now that ash is a robot and dead they don't need to worry about him on this escape pod which again that was that was Lambert's whole plan was just like let's use the escape pod. Oh, there's five of us. It's like if I had known he was a, an android, uh, but, <laughs> and that's what I, like that's what I think makes it so like ah. <laughs> it's like if, if only we knew it was an android. If only, if only we knew he was a toaster. <laughs> if only we knew he was a toaster. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel the same way about data. It's just like, look, I love data. Data's fine. Data's a toaster. Okay. Like, <laughs> data is a brave little toaster. Data is a brave little toaster. <laughs> Her death, like everyone gets kind of a death, either like Dallas, we don't see. It's just done with alien ah! to the camera. You can't see it. Everyone here can see it though. We see the death of a couple of people and it's usually the the face, the second mouth popping out and jabbing. With Lambert, the tail of the alien wraps around her leg and goes up. And we don't see anything beyond that. After that, it's just like we hear her screams and we hear her die. With, uh, like, afterward, Ridley Scott talked about it uh, in, I believe it was the director's commentary. I'll have to look up specifically where he mentions it. But he mentions that, yeah, it's meant to simulate, uh, like, an, an assault in that manner. Uh, and then in the Alien Isolation game, there's a downloadable content where you can play as part of the Nostromo crew, uh, and you find her body, and it is attacked in her genital area. This I want to bring up as much as this is like very much like a downer from our conversation that we've been having, which is all fun and happy and good. Uh, this especially attack on a trans body in such a way reads incredibly shitty questionable a lot of yeah. other things i just i want to i want to kind of open the space to to talk a little bit about that and why specifically a it's bad for anyone and b why particularly making the choice to make that happen on a trans body makes it even worse which i am happy to start if that is what we if, if we would like ultimately uh long story short a fuck that decision B, I'm glad in the movie we didn't necessarily see that because we didn't need to see that. We like we get it, she's dying. We're we're <laughs> in a movie, we're in a horror movie, we know people are gonna die. Uh to do that in general is just shit. But to do that and then later show us, and again, alien isolation, I don't know that they knew that the character was trans, but to specifically attack the genitals of a trans individual takes on a whole other level of uh anti of transphobic aggression yeah um it's something that gets uh threatened to trans individuals quite often uh it's a thing that just sort of it's some bullshit 
So I, I just felt like we needed to address that. And again, it would have been bad if Lambert had always been cis and that's a thing. Like, but to make that decision and understand that the character is trans is just another level of evil and shit. That... I think one of the things that um, that struck me, especially this time, knowing that, is that the only beyond the first uh, chest buster scene, yeah, the only bodies we actually see hurt are a black body and a trans body. Mm-hmm. Like we we do we do come back to them and you can see Lambert's foot and you can see um I'm forgetting the character's name at the moment but the the engineer's body as well and that's I mean I think it very much plays into this idea that it's not it's somehow okay to show because these are not these are not as horrifying because they're not our bodies you know to a cis white male audience yeah whereas like the except for the except for the first guy all the rest of them get these clean spooky you never see them again which we're not necessarily saying that that was the absolute intention of ridley scott or the producers at the exact same time intention Um, does not excuse impact so yeah it's mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it was already rough, and the finding out yeah. um, she is a trans person makes that makes that extra rough. Yeah, and that that was an added thing. like I've seen this movie, but like that was an added layer on watching. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think like I think that's yeah. that portion of the movie is actually my least favorite when we get into when we're getting into like how gross the alien is and how, and how violent it is with the bodies, because it goes from this tremendous visual storytelling that's using all these wonderful elements of um, presence and absence and space and confinement and lighting to, to, to blood and guts and tropes. Like it, it feels like it did itself a disservice yeah. as well as the people whose stories it was telling. I mean, so much of so much of what it is is the atmosphere and building that atmosphere and building that fear. There's a H bomber guy had a uh, really good video. It's very long, so like I, I will understand if nobody watched it but me. But it's like it's like 45 minutes long, and it's just talking about scan lines on VHS and how alien, particularly that moment that we we referenced earlier, the one of the alien like popping out at the camera is just that much scarier because of the scan lines and the degraded footage that we are watching it on. And so with the HD, there's a certain extent that we're missing that fear of an added layer of unknown because it's just, we're, we're watching in like 8K, so we can see everything. Uh, it's still scary and it's still like, it still got me when it happened. And it's still like, that's a damn good monster design. But like that, like added layer of kind of like you're you're saying that added layer of not seeing is actually a lot scarier, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Like when we when we see the alien out and about, um, at least for me, because I've worked in costume, I've worked in like in otter designed costumes where you like 
where you have more body parts than maybe you actually have or a tail or something. Um, all of a sudden my brain like clicks over to seeing how the costumes design and it's incredible work, but then I'm, I'm sizing up the alien rather than experiencing the story. Um, and like, you got to show the alien at some point, but uh, it, it loses me there. That's what, that's what happens. Yeah. And I, uh, this, this is uh, something um, to, to bring up. I, I remember a, a while ago, I saw a documentary. It wasn't specifically about alien, but it was about like monster design. Uh, and there was like the, uh, one of the people instrumental in the design of Alien, like, I do remember them talking about how in designing it, like, they wanted it to be, you know, going back to, you know, the <clears throat> sexual violence um, <clears throat> suggestivity, um, that they wanted, like, the design of the Alien to be, like, suggestive of, like, genitalia. So that that is like I feel like that might be like another like added layer of like well, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like that was like from the get. He was just like, no. When I was making it, it was like that's. I'm like this head is a penis. I'm like. <laughs> yep. Which honestly, they hired the right guy for that because, especially like H.R. Geiger, if you look into his work, it's just like, oh yeah, there's just penises everywhere. It's like, yeah, Tim Burton with penises. Uh, that's like, <laughs> yeah, Somebody... <laughs> it's the worst description of an H.R. Geiger. Ugh, I'm Johnny Depp now. No, anyway. Edward Penis Hand. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> All right, I brought us back. Good. <laughs> Ugh, I'm an alien. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's most of what I wanted to talk about. The other, the other big thing uh, I wanted to bring up. My dad used to love this movie. This was my dad's favorite movie. Uh, and one of the things he told me about, the reason that he loved it is because by the end, it's just her and the cat. And you don't know if the cat has been infected. And now here's the thing. Having rewatched it multiple times, sure, you can pull that interpretation. I don't know where the hell he got that interpretation from, honestly. <laughs> I like... Because it, yeah, it's not cute at all. This movie does mm -hmm. such a good job of, of like foreshadowing and cueing things <laughs> that that's not, that's just not there. Like, I'm with it. Okay, sure. Yeah, we don't know. And the cat is constantly the force of like, boo, scary, <laughs> boo, ha, ha, if you will. But. <laughs> 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 How dare you! <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like I don't know. I definitely don't get that as an intentional thing. That, but you know, hey, respect. Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, the other the other big thing I wanted to bring up is um, the xenomorph. 
Xenomorph has like just degraded after aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Let me pronounce it like that. Let me pronounce it the right way. Aliens. Xenomorph is still cool. Alien Three. They start adding um, David Fincher. There's there's so many like good work about Alien Three. David Fincher came in. They hoped that they were getting someone who could direct uh, very much what they wanted, and he was very much like, "No, I am a director. <laughs> like I will direct this piece." Like so. <laughs> which respect uh but one yeah. of the things that they tried to do is they tried to move beyond uh you know they added a new alien type where they infected they the facehuggers got into some dogs and so we got some dog aliens and the original idea was literally they created a bunch of costumes that would fit over a greyhound and it is adorable if you look up this footage they're like little greyhounds in xenomorph costumes and it's just like this does not look they literally scrapped it because they were like this does not look scary this looks like this is adorable people are gonna want one of these like yeah <laughs> alien 3 is a movie that i will like defend to the death <laughs> i mean i i want to love it I need to rewatch it. I really need to rewatch it. Uh, but like, as things went on, the alien, it just like, things just kept getting weird for the Xenomorph. I get it. The Xenomorph appeared in Mortal Kombat X and it's kind of great and it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's actually really cool. Uh, and I just, I just played, uh, I just played through Aliens versus Predator. And I just, I only bring it up because it's so funny how much they corporately go into corporations are bad in that movie or in that video game it's like the v for vendetta problem where it's like oh people really resonated with the fact that corporations are bad we a corporation should say that too it's like your life is nothing to whale and yutani please you know, like the data is the most important thing to whale and yutani you will get your personal effects after you exit whale and yutani it's just like oh man <laughs> They gotta stop touching this. They gotta stop touching this franchise. Like I'm just, I'm at that point. They gotta stop touching it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm done. No, no more. Just leave it alone. Leave it. Leave it be. Leave it be. It is. It is done. <laughs> cool. So we should start wrapping up. But is there anything else that we didn't bring up? I realize that like there's a lot to this, and there's a lot of just like so much of it is speculation, especially because like we don't know when this revelation actually happened in the script whether this was a thing that uh the actor who portrays joan lambert i'm sure sammy knows the actor's name and i don't <laughs> like i i do but i can't <laughs> it's like caitlin something <laughs> maybe <laughs> whether caitlin something knew that going in or whether this is like <sighs> but yeah so there's there's a lot that we just we we in general don't know about the process of this character and whether it's just literally like thrown in as a like hey fuck it she's trans uh it's my impression of ridley scott uh i hope it's fairly accurate i uh, fuck it she's trans i'm ridley scott watch gladiator watch gladiator watch gladiator what else i do robin hood i did that once right yeah watch it I'm Ridley Scott. Uh, so, is there anything else that we uh, we we should talk about before we we start wrapping up, though? Other than my perfect Ridley Scott impression. Um, you wanted to talk about 
<laughs> you wanted to talk about the trans and body horror. Yeah. So this, so this was a thing. Uh, like I, I found a quote about this a while ago, and I'll I'll try and look it up and put it in post because I just I I can't be bothered to do it right this second. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, this idea of horrifying change still being change and this idea of like watching a narrative where things are happening and expressing a fear that is still underneath a trans experience uh and i realized like that was a thing like uh rachel i know you've read for oddity a play that i wrote that's all about like an internalized body horror as opposed to an externalized body horror and that that very much like fueled my writing of that and that idea of like what would trans body horror look like uh so i just i'm I'm curious because i know when i first brought it up both of you were not not cool with the body horror what is it about it that like turns you off from it what is it about body horror that just sort of like keeps you keeps you away from it so to so speak? i'll 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 say this uh now i i have like a visceral just aversion to body horror d- depending on what it is but and this could be where you know what what you read was was kind of referring to i do have a fascination with some like forms of transformation where it's like i and i am not the only trans i've had so many conversations with other trans people about my love and just fascination, obsession, uh, love for werewolves and like that sort of thing. So like, I mean, mm. and I'm honestly like, if if we're really being honest, like, yeah, werewolf is body horror. <laughs> I think I think for me that there's a big difference between the like. A werewolf body horror has, it's sort of, it's an internal change to an external change. Like the body's supposed to be able to handle that. Yeah. Whereas if it is an external horror happening on the body, that is like, that is where I draw the line. Like my skin just crawls. Same. And I think that has, I think it has a lot to do with consent. I think it has a lot to do with um, who's in control um and whatnot i mean i think we talked about oddity for a second and i think that one it was like a it was like embodying a fear and by making it something physical or putting it in words it became something you could address as not just a part of yourself and I think that's why there is an attraction to that. You get to think about it as a concept or as an external thing rather than as something you're maybe dealing with at the time. But werewolves. Yeah. But werewolves. Just just uh, for those werewolves. listening and uh, Sammy, I don't know if you know this, but Rachel portrays a uh, werewolf in uh, Scowl. Uh, Yay! They, they are... They are London Jack, the non-binary party <sighs> werewolf. <laughs> it's not canthrop and lit. They're a little bit punk rock, Good a little time. bit like canthrop. Uh, another conversation I've had with a lot of trans people is like mer people. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
there like so there is a joke like and it's not really a joke but there is like a common like common kind of like joke thing between trans folk that it's just like oh what's your favorite what's your favorite disney movie little mermaid oh you're trans <laughs> like, yeah. uh, sometimes it's move on oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i mean truth <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's great that we went in this direction, also, because now, uh, now, Alien is owned by the Disney Corporation. So technically, uh, Xenomorph is a Disney princess. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm happy that this is the the area that we're ending it on. So uh, we're going to ask the questions we always ask at the end of every episode. Is it transphobic and is it enjoyable? Talking about Alien. Specifically, we're talking about Alien, but if we want to open it up to the greater Aliens universe, then we can. But we could. So let's start with, let's start with, is it transphobic? Uh, this can be yes or no. This could be a, like one to 10 scale. It could be a sound. How do we feel? Is Alien transphobic? I mean, I think the hard part for me in making a decision on this is not knowing whether they were aware of it at the time mm. that Alien was happening. Like, if this was sort of like retconned onto it in the later movies, then that, like, then in the world of it, yes. But is the specific film, Mer. I really want to be able to say no. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's the answer I can give right now. <laughs> I hear that. No, I definitely hear that. I I will say I think given the information that we have right now, uh I don't think that they intended it that way, but again, intention does not matter when it comes to impact. Uh that said, uh I think that they're if they made this decision later in the uh, later in the life of the series, there are a lot of implications. I don't think that they, uh, that I don't think that they were aware of, and I think that there those implications are transphobic. Uh, but at the same time, it mm. it's so tucked underneath. Like you have to go to a specific thing for a box, like on a box set of a movie that's not even that movie, to get that answer. Uh, so it's just kind of like, well, yeah, it implies a lot of shit, but at the same time, uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess that's my answer is, <laughs> cool. So was it enjoyable? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say great for a podcast audience. <laughs> all my, com all my commentators are nodding. I mean, yeah, like every, everyone's very excited. You can, they can hear my nodding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, there's, there's, there's an energy. To the nod, but yeah, there, there is vigorous nodding. I, I will say, just, <laughs> just you invited us to expand it to later movies. I will say, first two, thoroughly enjoyable. Third one has a lot of enjoyable parts. Mm -hmm. After that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, highly, highly agree. Uh, first one, Stiller. Second one, yeah. very different movie. Stiller for different reasons. Uh, third one, 
ooh, I want so bad. It's the little movie yes. that should, but doesn't. Um, <laughs> that fourth movie. <laughs> Third one, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch, but don't go in expecting Alien or Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, go I'm in. Not. <laughs> but I But now I'm excited yeah. to see the little movie that could. Possibly. And also, it's the and first, it was it. David Fincher's first full-length feature. And if nothing else, to kind of see where he was then, and again, like, to be given the keys to the kingdom, even though the idea of was like, ah, uh, you can borrow the keys to the kingdom <laughs> from the studio. Uh, and then to see what he's done later has been just amazing to watch his career. Oh, yeah. Like, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, to be perfectly frank. And it's sad that Alien 3 was <laughs> when we're seeing them first uh but you can really see bits and pieces from that to see like yeah like he's he's gonna be somebody if they give him the ability to do his thing and it, yeah uh cool so how can people find you if you want them to find you it's perfectly acceptable to say don't look for me <laughs> like, uh yeah so i am on all social media as at sammy sam james we're we're currently on hiatus at the time of this recording, but I host a weekly live stream show, uh, variety show uh, of all trans performers called We Are Trans. Uh, at some point, uh, at some point, it has set dates. In October, uh, we're doing a weekend long festival. Uh, you can find all that stuff on. I I have posted it on Facebook and Twitter. So if you go on at Sammy Sam James, you'll find stuff about that. Oh, I I yeah, I guess I should talk about the three podcasts. <laughs> it's what we were waiting for, really. <laughs> the buildup was I, tell us I, about your podcast. But listen, I do a lot of things. <laughs> uh yes, yeah, so I have three podcasts. One I, I guess I'll I'll start with the, the, the relevant uh, one, one uh, we are trans, uh, which uh, ended its first season. Second season will be, will start appearing in uh, November. It's me having a conversation with a different trans people, trans person, uh, every 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 week. You know, because a lot of times we don't get to just have conversations about movies. People want to like, oh, two trans people talking. It must be, you know, about their transitions. This is like, no, this is me and my trans friend talking about video games. <laughs> that podcast name came from the variety show that I, I already mentioned. It's a future multimedia conglomerate. Just, just stay tuned. <laughs> Boo-ha-ha, -ha. I, I talk to comedians about horror movies, and uh, all of my friends are animals. I talk to people about animals. Yep. I uh, That was the one podcast I was not the first guest on, but I do talk about the penguin. You were early. You were early. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> You're like 12, I think, and we're at like 70. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all have been y'all have been good at content creation. <laughs> oh, not not since March. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, our last out episode came out in May. The We Are Trans Fest is happening October sixteenth through the eighteenth. Did I not say that? <laughs> you said people could find it, so I'm just uh, I'm making sure people know exactly those dates. I, I took the time to do exactly what you said and look you up on Facebook <laughs> and find those dates. See, Rachel, 
how can people find you? Do you want them to find you? <laughs> are you on, are you on the run? <laughs> you can find me. Please find me. I am not. Surprisingly, where would I go? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel.weekly. Or you can find me on Twitter. Like I'm there. I'm not gonna I haven't posted anything in like a good <laughs> six months or something. Um, but Instagram is where you can keep up with me. And I post virtual performances that I'm doing. Um, I have a class coming out with a, with an opera house, actually. Uh, that should be in the next week or so. Find me. And as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, and then the number four. You can also find the Is a Transphobic podcast on Twitter at Is a Transphobic. One of these days, I'll stop being amazed that I finally created an Instagram at Is It Transphobic. Uh, you can also go to isittransphobic.com for a lot more info, including where to uh, subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash isittransphobic. A dollar a month is all it takes, and then you get these episodes one week before everyone else publicly, as well as special one-on-one -on -one interviews that I'm doing with folks that are trans, folks that are non-binary, folks that are cis, and just doing really interesting stuff with gender. Uh, so we'll be releasing that one month ahead of time for subscribers and publicly after that so thank you all so much for listening sammy rachel thank you so much for being my guests this time thank you thank you in space no one can hear transphobia no. oh. <laughs> is it transphobic was produced edited and coordinated by ashley lauren rogers the original music you heard was all created by Vivian Aladrin, who you can find on Bandcamp at vivianaladrin.bandcamp.com. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her prone. <laughs> Shut up, Google. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that again. My phone, <laughs> my phone didn't understand. I wasn't talking to you, phone.